0: And I think one of the ways to identify if like a lot of people are interested in your product or start using your product is when you start looking at the customer love, even on social media. So if you just go on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, just search for Eden Life, you can see hundreds of reviews of Eden Life. People subscribe, people talking about it, people talking about it has changed their lives.
1: Hello and welcome to the Experience Pod. My name is Chiweze Hebuzo. The Experience Pod is a one on one interviewer led podcast that discusses the adoption and utilization of relevant emerging technologies and trends for impact oriented professionals, researchers, developers, and students who demand realistic and thought provoking perspectives on the opportunities and challenges presented by these phenomena in our unique environment. The adoption of home cleaning services in Africa is on the rise. According to PR Newswire, a US based news publication company, The global cleaning services market was estimated at $60.25 billion in 2019 and is expected to grow at a compounded annual growth rate of 6.3% to $88.9 billion by 2025, with the Middle East and Africa having an estimated share of 6.5% of the global market. Domestic work is considered a difficult sector to cover, partly because this work is performed in private households and frequently for more than one employer. The occupation is also characterized by high job turnover and frequent in-kind payments, for example, free food and accommodation. It's also characterized by irregular wages and a lack of formal work contracts. According to UNICEF, the social significance and demand for paid domestic work around the world has grown enormously becoming an important source of employment for an estimated 70 million people in the world. It's interesting to note that up to 10% of that working population is in lower-income countries, and they are engaged in this space of domestic work, while the range is slightly less in higher-income co- countries, ranging from about 1 to 2.5% of the population. Now, to add insights to this conversation, we're joined by Prosper otemi co-founder and CTO of Eden Life a human-powered, tech-enabled service that puts your household chores on autopilot. Eden Life has recently raised $1.4 million to accelerate growth, and they are set to scale. So we welcome Mr. Prosper, who is going to give us some insights. Hi, Prosper, we're happy to have you here.
0: Hi, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Before we go into the background, we had a conversation in our office around how to pronounce your surname. I hope I got it correctly. Is, is it Otemiwa? Well, yeah, that's very close. Otemu. Okay. What does that mean? Because I, I spoke to some of my Yoruba colleagues and I think what they had mentioned was that it means who is coup is coming or something. I, I don't know. Could you maybe clarify that <laughs> for us?
0: <laughs> well, so it means rebellion brought peace. So came like about as a result of rebellion or coup, that kind of stuff. Wow.
1: And you're going to rebelliously transform the domestic work sector. That's, that's fantastic. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. My name is
0: <laughs> so of course. <laughs>
1: that, ah, exactly. Name. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, so let's start with some background. Uh, for those who might not be familiar with you, Prosper, in one or two sentences, could you explain what Eden Life does and maybe expand a bit more what led to you founding this company? Uh, what were your initial thoughts and your initial focus, your initial targets?
0: Uh, so Eden Life is simply a tech-enabled service that puts your home on autopilot so basically when you talk about like the chore drivers of your home cleaning laundry eating these are the things you do almost every day without even thinking about it but as you grow these kind of things require so much of your time so Eden is just that service that runs on tech that allows just us to be able to handle all of that for you you don't have to think about it Handling that recurrently is what makes Eden Eden. It's not other company or service that offers that ability. And the reason we came about it was just to solve our immediate problem. I'm a very active person in the developer space in the tech community. My co-founders too are very active in the tech community, and we used to work at Andela. Andela is a company that accelerated developer community and you know evangelism in Nigeria. And many people started working remotely. I started working remotely for a company in the years. And this was a problem for me. I just wake up, I eat, I try to get food. I have to order food or just go out to buy food. I need to find somebody to do my laundry and my cleaning. So I had several numbers and all of that. So, so it was like, how can we just run a service that we just like solve all of these problems for us remote workers? That's how Eden came about. And then now we've extended it to every other person. Interesting. Yes. Nice.
1: Okay. Let's talk a bit more about your service offering. So your mobile platform allows customers to schedule home services such as food, laundry, and cleaning. Right? So what does adoption look like? I mean, what combination of services do customers seem to prefer and and how are the different services performing relatively? Any trends to note or anything like that?
0: That's a very interesting question. So from what we've seen so far, a lot of people go for the meal plan, which is Mm -hmm. not surprising because (laughs) even if people don't do any other thing, they will eat but they must eat. You have to give them their food. So that's like one of the most popular plans And Eden. Then, then if you're talking about like combination of one or two plans, we have the meal plan and the laundry plan. So you have um, a lot of people that just subscribe to the meal and the laundry plan. Like, So if you guys are already handling my food, you can as well just take my laundry as well. And then we have some customers that they already have a washing machine. So mm-hmm. because of that, they would be like, okay, I have a washing machine and I have just like this other person that comes to clean the house. So instead of, having somebody else come to clean the house since you already do deliver food to me let me just upgrade my plan to meal and cleaning Mm. so but the majority is the meal plan and then you have a lot of people doing the meal and laundry and then many people doing the meal and laundry switch to meal and cleaning most times what has adoption been like is it catching on quite quick what's it like well i think it's catching on because we have a bunch of customers from different places in lagos and i think one of the ways to identify if like a lot of people are interested in your product or start using your product is when you start looking at the customer love even on social media. So if you just go on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, just search for Eden Life, you can see hundreds of reviews of Eden Life. People subscribe, people talking about it, people talking about it has changed their lives. And then also internally, we have like some really good numbers. I, I can share the number with you. Sure, no, of, you course, of course, of <laughs> course. <laughs> but Like it's, it's really catching on within the Lagos market. And you have people always just telling their friends about it. And some scenario we've seen is somebody subscribe to Eden and the, maybe they live with a friend or they're with their family. And then mm-hmm. you have your, your friends or their siblings say, ah, why are you wasting your money? Why can't you just do these things yourself? And mm-hmm. then two months after, you have this friend come to me, I think I'm just going to subscribe to Eden. A couple that's of times. Even with couples. Oh, why are you subscribing to Eden? I was like, mm, I think we should just subscribe for both of us. And then that's how people catch on. And then they'll tell their friends at work. And before you know it, the HR is asking, oh, does Eden offer corporate plans? And then we do. We offer corporate plans for companies. So then you wow. start having companies getting onboarded via their employees so that's how it has been catching on and it's really very interesting to see
1: that's awesome i mean and this flows nicely to my next question we would like to get a better understanding of of the business model i know you've hinted around it already but we know eden has a long time vertical integration strategy but he's also open to Horizontal in strategies, at least for now. So how have you managed your horizontal and vertical supply chains? And what are the costs? Are there any benefits even of playing either way? Or are you leaning more towards maybe the vertical as opposed to horizontal?
0: So we started with just horizontal, using so many service providers. But one thing we've discovered is the bar for service quality, especially in Lagos, is on the floor, literally. So we experienced that at all of our services. So what we decided today, especially with meals, everybody eats like i said before we decided to transition from like horizontal to vertically integrating our food service so right now everything about our food service is in-house We're on everything oh wow from, yeah from procurement to hiring chefs to cooking to documenting the recipes to the nutritional value all of those things happen within eden. we have like full-time chefs We're just working at eden and making sure that we run a very good food service production pipeline. Just on an interesting note, last year, we delivered over 112,000 meals just for last year. So this year, I'm sure we're going to like triple that number. And one of the things that we've looked at internally, especially among the leadership team, is how can we also transform our laundry and cleaning service to be vertically integrated? Because some of the issues we experience right now is, oh, something happened to our laundry. And the feedback is given to us as a company. So we give the feedback Mm. back to the service providers and most times we discover that these issues just continue happening recurrently and there's really nothing we can do about it apart from removing the service providers from our platform and trying to onboard new ones. So the best way is just to own everything in-house so that you can control the quality. And that's one of the things we are looking at too for our laundry and cleaning this year and next year to find a way to vertically integrate
1: that's really interesting i mean the sky is really the limit because a lot of ways you can vertically integrate to just ensure that quality which is a big deal for the kind of business you're in because people want quality service yes exactly
0: and that quality also determines our retention like the strongest signal for us right now as a company is how we retain customers month on month because it's a subscription platform it's Mm -hmm. not an on-demand it's subscription so in our worst month last year our month on month customer retention was 85 percent in our worst month
1: Oh, wow. That is
0: good. Really a good thing to see customers that can subscribe on January, continue January, February, March, even for some of them that paused, maybe they traveled or churned because they felt like they wanted to explore their options. We see them coming back again in like later months. So that has really increased the quality of our customer retention. And and that's like the greatest signal for us right now.
1: Fantastic. Okay. So from your website, we can see that the prices for your services start from as low as 10,000 for cleaning, uh, or maybe even thirteen thousand for laundry a month. And sometimes some of the services go up to about one hundred and fifty k when you combine different services. So what yes. drives your pricing? and with the rise of household sort of labor saving devices and affordable outside services such as DIY laundries and, and fast food, how are you building? Eden to remain relevant nowadays a lot of people have access to washing machines people can go to laundry mats people can order fast foods I mean there's Jumia food there's a lot of ways where you can actually get these services yourself so how are you sort of positioning hidden life to remain relevant for years to come
0: I really love this question because this question resonates (laughs) with what is happening right now in the world in like the world as a whole is transitioning to a very remote friendly work environment so what does this mean it means like you have people in lagos working for companies in canada or you have people in canada consulting for companies in lagos and so you have right now in lagos or in nigeria we have a greater population of young people and youths and these youths they are upwardly mobile and they are really trying to increase their income daily and they do this by like consulting for companies working two or more jobs and all of that so our proposition now is would you rather spend all of your time doing these things yourself or going to other services which means you still need to involve your time for example if you go take your laundry to a laundry mat, you have to either go there and, and drop it and come back or you have to go there do it yourself and wait for it you know do the spinner and all of that yourself and bring it back every second counts in all of these actions if you want to prepare food for example or buy food you can order using another service and you can keep ordering but every day you have to wake up in the morning and decide, what am I going to eat today? With Eden, you don't mm-hmm. have to do that. With Eden, you just have to pick your meals on Thursday or Friday, and for the next week, you don't even have to think about what is eating. The app will just notify you, hey, you have jollof rice and beef today, and it's coming. You're going to get it in less than five minutes. You don't have to think about it. So shaving off all of those like time limits, decision making, when you look at it every single day that you have to think about, I like to use this example. You see tech bros outside wearing <laughs> one the same type of t-shirt and the same type of jean now it's yeah. not because you cannot afford it right it's just most times the decision to wake up and look at your wardrobe and say hey what am i going to wear today should i wear blue should i wear red should i wear black you would just rather have one type of clothes that you wear for me i like wearing natives so i just have a bunch of natives so that when i wake up i just select one and just go about it so when you look at that for, for food we have eliminated that so you don't even have to think about it cleaning and laundry because you already have this convenience and quality for meal when you subscribe to laundry and cleaning, it's the same thing we have a gardener that is assigned to you the gardener is like your customer success manager so the gardener Mm. just chats you calls you if you want and like just helps you manage all of these things without you even thinking about it in combination with the app and then the current offering that we have right now heavily focuses on quality and convenience because if you can shave off all of the time that is inconvenient for you and take all that time and put it into your work, I'm sure it can move the need for your salary, for you can see work that you can be doing, or even like <laughs> building, because you don't even have to think about all of these things. It then takes care of it for you. So that's one of our biggest value drivers, convenience and quality. Like I said earlier, the bar is on the floor and we, we are trying to maintain like at least a four star, five star experience. If you can build that then of course the sky is is really the limit so
1: fantastic convenience and quality love if if you can nail those then that would set you
0: apart if we can take like more ownership of the entire supply chain so let's look at it this way right now if the number of customers we have in lagos triples Mm -hmm. it simply means we also as a company have to increase our supply chain in terms of the service providers or in terms of vertically integrating and when you vertically integrate the more customers you have the lesser price you can offer to your customers
1: because so you control the entire
0: value chain. exactly so once we can control the entire value chain like that apart from offering quality and convenience to customers we cannot offer it at a lower price that would just mm. be heavenly basically. Mm.
1: so convenience Quality and affordable pricing, brilliant. Really, really lovely combination. Okay, so domestic work has historically been driven by a growing number of middle and upper class families that can afford it. Just sort of going off what you've said around affordable pricing. Now, in 2018, the richest 10% of the OECD countries controlled above 50% of all total household wealth, compared to the poorest 60% that only control 10% of that household wealth. What's the impact of this growing economic asymmetry on domestic work? Is there an impact? I mean, with the whole disparity between rich and poor, that gap getting wider, do you think there's going to be an impact on domestic work?
0: So, I mean, when you say disparity, like when I look at it right now, when you look at the rich and the poor, the rich, maybe right now, their current offering is that they have like a living made, they have all of those things that helps them live their lives. But when you look at what Eden can do on the long run, unless i'm not getting your question correctly if i get your question correctly first of all you'll have hundreds and tons of jobs that will be created if we can Mm. take over the entire market number two we also plan on having what you call guilds like guilds and communities so we are going to have like cleaning communities we are going to have laundry communities if you remember like the uber model, where when uber came in all the drivers that were not making as much income we're able to even borrow cars or beg somebody for their cars and make money. When we have all of these communities, now that these people are in our network, there are several other levers that we can pull to ensure that these people can earn more money. Food, laundry, and cleaning is not the only thing we want to do. We want to do other services, like auto maintenance, mm-hmm. for example. It simply means mm-hmm. now you have access to more mechanics in your network. So mechanics that were earning, wow. we're earn enough <laughs> can now start earning an increased amount of money because we already have a pipeline of customers waiting for them to service. So they don't even have to think about, like, oh, I need this customer. Oh, let me call Mr. lagbaja to check if his guy is okay. Because we already <laughs> have a pipeline. They already have access to all of those things and they can make more money just being on our platform. So, wow. yeah. also, when you look at the workers too, for example, a cleaner, a cleaner in our community, because again, we want to improve the quality of lives, which is our mission. 10 next the quality of lives in Africa, a cleaner that will be in our community, imagine a cleaner having access to healthcare and pension just because mm-hmm. you work at it. Imagine an AC repairer that is now able to pay tax because mm. they are now getting better, because mm. they are in their community. There are so many ways we can pull this, either from just maintaining the community and they work as contract employees or they are full-time staff with like access to all of this. Now, when they have access to all of this, they can live better lives. And when they can live better lives, they can pay taxes to, to the economy or the country where we are in. And it's like a, a chain reaction. That will also just like To the taxes that we contribute to the economy, where we are active in, like the different cities where we are active in, and I I think from our own angle, reduce the disparity we have between people that are just like really poor and people that are very rich.
1: No, so I I think you've answered this question brilliantly, and and thank you for that. So essentially, Eden Life is actually playing a part, or is playing a significant part, in bridging that gap because you're actually offering people a way to, to earn a living, and like you said. You already have access to all of these households and it begins to look like a marketplace where you have the contacts and you just need the artisans to plug in and they become come under Eden Life they have access to a wide range of people that they can offer services to they make money they're happy Eden Life is happy the customer is happy and everything is just hunky-dory i think that's a very nice response thank you for that Okay, so according to UNICEF, domestic work is, is highly, allow me to say, is highly feminized, it's a, a feminized job with women making up to um, 70.2% of workers. It's not me that said it, this is UNICEF, so please don't come yeah. for me. So uh, first of all, are, are you seeing a similar gender split in your business? Uh, and secondly, you know, women face some additional risk in, in the form of harassment, violence when they go for this sort of domestic work. What processes does Eden Life have for dealing with this sort of issues?
0: Oh, thank you very much for that. First, we know our customers, right? KYC. So we know our customers very well. The same way FeeTech does KYC too, we have data on our customers. So you cannot, as a customer, decide to assault a cleaner. We know we have your data. It's part of our terms and conditions. You you can't even offer tips right now to people that work at Eden because we want to maintain a really good, strict culture uh, of quality service and also make sure people are safe. So when we started to when, when we started having female cleaners go to like customers' houses, what we do, we also make sure a supervisor goes with you. So if you're a female cleaner going to like a male customer's house, there's a supervisor too that comes along. So you are not the only one or vice versa, like a male cleaner going to a female customer's house. So most times okay. when we look at the customer, so this is a single customer, this person is not married, it's female. Most times we will not take like a male cleaner to your house. It's would mostly be a female cleaner. So we look at those demographics just to ensure that we prevent any form of mishap. Thankfully, right now, we've not had any form of mishap because internally we have like a central operating system where we see all the orders, the schedule, the people that are having their orders. And then we have people that also man those systems. So when you assign cleaners to people's home, we assign it strategically. We do not take our customers' trust in us for granted. So access to your homes access to your food access to your clothes we take it very very seriously so when we assign cleaners or we tell people to come and pick things from your home we are very conscious of the fact that security is number one privacy is number one and then of course our offerings service quality and all of these things so we look at those things very well while assigning people to people's work.
1: Fantastic. So, just to ask, um, do, you, do you leverage maybe technology to do that assigning? How does it happen? Is it done on the app or does somebody have to do it manually? Just trying to get a sense of how it works.
0: So, by default, it's automatic. So, when you sign okay. up on the app, internally we have a system we call it Lighthouse. Lighthouse is, I like to call it the central operating system that manages all the orders <laughs> and schedules. So, when you sign up, when customers sign up, it's Lighthouse, the software, the technology that automatically maps gardeners to customers maps cleaners to their customers homes and all of those things so all of those things are done automatically but when it is now time for these cleaners to go we have the gardeners that call them and say hey it's your time to go to this person's house and all of that i mean we automate those things too but we know because we have to do certain reassignments. so for Mm -hmm. example cleaner is not available or something is wrong with a particular service provider we have to reassign those things on our internal platform so the gardeners just go ahead on the internal platform and reassign all of those things one of the examples I gave to before about somebody going to someone's house, we once had an issue. I sat 2020. We used to have gardeners go to customer's home. But now gardeners don't go to customer's home. Gardeners work remotely. So they can manage you as a customer using the software tools that we give them. Lighthouse, Flash. Flash is the mobile app on their phone they use. There was a customer once that threatened a gardener. Something went wrong with his laundry. And we talked to him and told him we we're going to fix it. And then he was so angry and he threatened the gardener that he was going to find the gardener and deal with her right we took that very seriously we called him we told him not to try it again and we fired him as a customer we know your customer offers our money but you will never talk rudely to any of our employees or threaten them because in as much as we want to serve you greatly we also treat our employees with the utmost respect and care. I like that
1: a lot. And I I think that even provides a value add for the cleaners and the gardeners who would come on your service. You're actually protecting them against abuse and you're being intentional about that. That is something that's a great value add for anyone who would want to come on Eden Life as as a service provider. So well done for that.
0: Yeah, that's one of our core values at at Eden. Because as founders too, one of the things we believe is that the people make the product. Without the people, there is no product. We tell mm-hmm. the people there's no business to sell. So the top of our list is take care of the people, then take care of the products and every other thing will fall in place.
1: Nice. Thanks for that. Quick question. Did you guys also do nanny services? You know, I have two kids or so, you know.
0: <laughs> it's one of the things we wished that we offered, but because we are right now at this stage of Eden, we are still focused on the three services. And to be honest, okay. it can be very chaotic right now. I know, I, so I
1: can imagine.
0: I think <laughs> nanny service on top of, my goodness, with children, kids. You have to really be extra careful. When yes, you're dealing
1: with, and I guess you have to be skilled to be able to deal with those that, other of people as well. Very skilled, yeah. very
0: careful, just to, mm-hmm. to to prevent any form of mishap. So right now we're okay. not doing that, but, it's, one but of, it's
1: in the it's in the plan. It's in the works, right?
0: Of course, it's in the roadmap. It's one of the things we okay. have
1: to do. Okay, great. That's great. That's, Okay, so how did COVID affect your business? I mean, people were now staying at home, had more time to do things. And did you notice a drop in sales or drop in subscriptions or was it the other way around?
0: So this is very funny because when COVID hit, we almost made a decision to shut down the business. Oh, wow. Yeah, because people were home, people started mm-hmm. cooking. And it was so funny because eventually, I mean, we lost customers. We lost a lot of customers during that period because people said they had not time to cook at home and everything. But an interesting thing happened. After the first two months, when COVID hit, people started coming back. And people did not just start coming back, they started bringing other people. So people just literally got tired of cooking at home. People got tired of doing the same thing over and over. People, we now discover that even the people that came back, they got more jobs. So you had maybe somebody consulting remotely for two companies. So there was no time to do any of those things again. So they just really wanted Eden to take care of it for them so even though the covid came and then it affected us that was just for a small period for a few months two three to four months and after that we had customers coming back in drugs like hey eden please just take care of everything take care of my meals take care of my laundry take care of my cleaning i really don't want to do this i really just want to focus on my work and then we had people start working more hours even inadvertently like they did not know you know how you start working from home and normally, mm-hmm. if you're going to office, you would do nine to five. You actually think nine to five. nine. <laughs> I to nine. Because you're at home, you can say, mm, let me take a stroll. Because you're at home, you can say, mm, I'll do this thing in the evening. Let me just watch a movie. So mm-hmm. people started working late into the night. And because schedules started changing, and also companies started giving concessions to, like, you know what, you can deliver this thing later, you can deliver it early in the morning. Meeting schedules were no longer cast in stone. So yeah. many of them now needed somebody to just offload the business of cooking cleaning and laundry and then Eden was just here, just welcoming them back into the, the fold. fold.
1: <laughs> it's also possible that maybe when COVID hit and people tried to start doing it themselves in terms of cooking, they realized oh, this person cannot cook like that. Maybe I'm not that great of a chef. Let me just call the guys who are exactly. supposed to be experts. Let <laughs> them come and do their work, I beg. Okay, interesting. So on your blog you mentioned that the innovation behind Indian Life was to create a blueprint for your idea to be sustainable in Africa by using simple solutions like automatic cleaning services with the aim of solving complex problems. So maybe expand on the impact you think domestic assistance will have on sustainable living for the everyday Nigerian.
0: So I think it's just straightforward. I can draw a straight line from having an assistance. So you can look at leaders, for example, when you look at top leaders in companies, mostly most times, they have like an executive assistant or somebody that is a senior leader in the company. They have assistants that take care of like all of these other things for them so that they can focus on strategy, vision, and actually just moving the needle for the company. So let's circle back to the home. For instance, you have a single person that earns a certain amount of money, maybe say 200K, 250, 300, to upscale. That monthly salary is looking to do fiver jobs, is looking to do all of these things to double his income because things are getting expensive, or he just wants to like live better. For you to be able to do all of those things, you need somebody to be able to assist you in taking care of the things that really do not move the needle for your income. Mm-hmm. Maybe as long as cooking is not your business, like you don't have like a cooking business or any of those things. For example, you're an accountant or you're a software engineer you need an assistant you need domestic assistance to help you with all of these things if you're a couple your wife just gives birth and all of that it's hard to do that alone you need a nanny you need somebody that can come clean the house you need somebody that can take care of all the clothes so that your wife that is probably either working at that time or not can focus on a job or a career same thing with you too as well right so if you draw a straight line from having eden take care of all of these things or serve as your domestic assistant to you leveling up in your career or doubling your income, you will see that it's a very straight line. No curves, no commas. You can actually move from one point to the other. Like you're doing all of these things on your own. You don't have a domestic assistant. You get to the middle, you add a domestic assistant to your plan. And in this form, we call it Eden. Eden is the assistant to whatever you do at home. And then by the time you walk a few more steps on that straight line, you discover that your life has consistently improved and then your income has doubled because now you have more time on your hands to be able to do the things that actually matter by applying for more jobs, by having time to even like do greater work in your company, because you don't have to all of it. Yeah. So that's my answer to that question. If you draw a straight no, line, no. not having an assistant to so having an assistant like Eden to take care of all of these mundane tasks, then your life will literally and, you know, quantitatively just improve. Improve the productivity,
1: allow you focus on more things, to the more important, in quote, the revenue generating activities for your life. Exactly, <laughs> the, uh, exactly. not just revenue, or the experiential exactly. side of your life as well.
0: <laughs> exactly, like different. because things that matter in the economy now, like I mean, the world changes over time. From the time of our parents, we, during the time of our parents, they say, "Oh, if you are growing up and you don't know how to clean, you don't know how to do laundry, you're a lazy person. You're not." You <laughs> know, the thing <statistics laughs> that we heard, Why growing up, right? But mm-hmm. now, because we have like millennials and Gen Z. are like really doing things that our parents were never doing at their age so it's it's a knowledge economy now literally of course it's a knowledge economy so whether you're five years old you're 10 you're 12 right you just need to be able to accumulate so much knowledge for you to be able to live a really good life you can earn money on tiktok these days and all of those things so if you can afford a service like eden why not i'm sure at the back of your mind you'll be like man if my mom knows that i'm subscribed to eden voila (laughs)
1: Oh, she's going to spend the weekend. I'll just cancel my subscription. Let her think my wife is lazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because even when they come to spend the weekend, they might complain initially, but they will come around later. They're like, hmm, wow. So instead of me taking care of these things, I can literally just sit down and watch Netflix. Or let's say for the very religious ones, I can actually just go to church and go for evangelism or go to pray and do all of those things. I don't have to like split my time between washing my clothes in the morning and trying to now later join them for evangelism in the evening. I can actually be in church for money and I can come back. I have ready-made food for me. I have clothes done for me and all of that. Even what we have seen too is we have children abroad that subscribe for Eden for their parents at home here in Nigeria. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, it's a thing. Right? It was like, oh, my goodness, my, my parents, like, I'm not comfortable with the current process they have right now. Or even the person that comes around, the person is not really nice. I don't like the way they treat them. I just want Eden to take care of their feeding, their laundry, their cleaning. Or even if the parents say, we don't want anybody handling our food, we cook it ourselves. They say, you know what? Let's Eden take care of your laundry and cleaning. So that we know that the only thing you do is to cook. Maybe because you need to manage your salt and all of those things for older yeah, people. But for yeah, cleaning the laundry, Eden just takes care of it for them. And they just pay. They subscribe with their international card. And then Boom. Every month we just charge their card and their parents get the offering and everybody's nice. happy. <laughs> that's that's a really there? nice
1: one. Very nice yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. So we we'll talk a bit on emerging technology. So there's the whole rise of emerging technologies like advanced analytics, artificial intelligence, robotic process automation, AR, VR, and all of that. So are you guys currently leveraging any of these? Do you think there's any value that these sort of emerging technologies can unlock? for you even if it's not today at least in the future what, what are your plans around um, emerging tech
0: i think right now we don't like leverage any of them yet but in the future when we have a lot of data definitely artificial intelligence will be one of those things that will be a key part of Eden. and just very simple examples that you can see right now is we've even seen customers request for it so customers pick meals every week but as a customer or as a human being once you start doing something almost every single time the same thing you, you start to get bored you start to look for ways to automate that and one of these seen yes. from customers is like well then you guys are great it's good that you guys just allow me to pick my meals every thursday and friday but you see that thursday i don't even want to pick my news again i want the system to just automatically pick my meals based on my past recommendations or based on my past mm. or my history of the meals i've picked do you understand so this is where artificial yeah. intelligence comes to place like look at the history of what this customer has had for the past four weeks right now it's Kind of possible with our system, but not really possible in a way. And I'll explain why. Because our menu changes every week because we try to be creative with the menu. We don't want people to get bored, which is one of the early feedback we got. People started receiving the same type of meals every week and they started getting bored of the menu. So every week we play around with the menu. We change items. We, we Sometimes we change it completely. Sometimes we change the sides and the mains, just like that. We shuffle it around. So because of that, you can't just take somebody's history and use it uh, and replace it with what the person is meant to have the following week. But with artificial intelligence, if you have a lot of data, we can actually employ artificial intelligence to go and study the type of meals that customers have had over Mm. time. Study those type of meals that can now be fed into a recommendation engine that will just go ahead and pick meals for you if you cannot pick your meals yourself. So if you cannot pick your meals yourself after a certain time, the system just kicks in, uses the artificial intelligence recommendation to pick your meals for you, and by the time you get those meals, you'll be happy that you didn't even have to pick the meals yourself because the system would understand you enough to be able to have picked the meals that you desire, the kind of meals you would love to eat. Absolutely.
1: Makes sense. And I suppose even from a nutritional perspective as well, in terms of calorie counting and just maybe knowing who your client is and knowing what sort of certain calorie contents, nutritional values of meals, I think that could be a way where maybe um, analytics can also be applied in the future, of course, just to make sure that the people that are getting the food that they're getting is tasty, but it's also from a nutritional perspective on point as well.
0: Very true. And one of the things we want to do in the future too is integrate with like health companies So when you have like Mm -hmm. companies like say pharmacy, pharmacy is a startup that offers drugs to you, I mean like healing drugs on a recurrent basis, you have a plan. So our plan in the future too, is to be able to like integrate with companies like that. So with that recommendation system, with AI plugged into our system, it will be, if you are losing weight, for example, you say for your plan for the next six months or three months to lose weight, the system can just take in your allergies, take in. Your health status at that point in time, like, oh, this person is trying to lose weight, and then use the algorithm to determine the type of meal to recommend for you based on low calories, based on yeah. more fiber, based on the type of drinks you would like to have. Because we offer like fruit juice and all of that, you can choose that. Because you want to lose weight, you drink more of like your veggies, all of those different things, smoothies, that kind of stuff. And then I can see how it can really just help the system in the future
1: well done yeah thanks great responses so we're going to go into maybe a bit just some personal questions before we round up we're almost done but before i get into these personal questions i want to ask you know you guys recently raised 1.4 what was that in terms of the use of funds are you guys trying to sort of channel where that money is going into is it mostly on recruitment upskilling what would you say has been the significant use of that fund that, that was recently raised that's the first question the next question is eden why the name eden is that garden of eden i just wanted to get an understanding of
0: that okay so for the first question is mostly on recruiting and then vertical integration okay. um, when know you know vertical the services you have to spend like significantly more money on sure. you know, all the things you need to buy and put in place and all of that so that's why we raise that money and then for number two that's a very interesting question why the name eden when we came together, I wanted to name. It, we came up with all other names, but it did not just fit into the purview of what we wanted. Like we want to better people's lives. We want to ten x the quality of life. So, let's go back to the beginning of the world. In the beginning, <laughs> we had the Garden of Eden, and people did not have to lift anything. I mean, it was after they left the Garden of Eden that the courses followed them. In the Garden of Eden, there was no washing of clothes. There was no. Cleaning, <laughs> there was no cooking of meals. Everything was delivered to you on a platter. That's how we chose the name. We want to build a business that symbolizes, you know, 10x in the quality of life. And what other name than to give it Eden, which comes from the Garden of Eden. In fact, the name of the app that people download on the App Store is called Garden so when you come you just welcome to the garden of Eden I think that's just Mm, nice one nice one I can
1: (laughs) see that this is a very well thought out business well well done for that okay so we're going to ask some personal questions now so let's talk about predictions what was the last prediction you got wrong it could be about anything
0: ah very interesting the last prediction I got wrong I mean if we're talking about most recently, but, uh, I can talk about the African Cup of Nations. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> because we had like Salah. And then when you look at the history of Egypt right now, Steam holds the highest number of African Cup of Nations. Okay, cup. Yeah. We've won it seven times. So oh. I just expected that Egypt was going to beat Nigeria. But I got that wrong. Very yeah. wrong. Because I watched that match and I was like, what the hell? Is Salah even in this game? What's going on,
1: ah, you're sounding like an Egyptian. What's
0: going on? <laughs> you shall see them no more. That's exactly what Nigeria did because that match we pressed them a lot. We missed a lot of chances to score, but you could really see that Nigeria had the upper hand first half, second half.
1: you really no, it, was them great, it was a great, great display, great attacking. Display. Was a great I think display that was a, like, the was first, a great first time we've seen Nigerian formation setups to be so attack minded. Nice yes. to watch, okay. So, what's one view you seem to find that very few people agree with?
0: Very, very interesting. The view I try to find that very few people agree with. That's a very interesting question. Okay. I don't believe in actively seeking out mentors. Yeah. Okay. That's that's, that's something that people will just like say, what? Prosper, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, So you don't don't have a mentor? I have mentors from afar, but I don't Uh see them. I don't actively like go to meet them and say, I want you to mentor me. But they are my mentor. They just don't know that they are my mentor. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, And the reason why I hold that view is, growing up, I saw how people were just like waiting, Because that's what all our parents told us. Like, oh, you must have a mentor. You must follow this person's life. And see, great. I believe he's standing on the shoulders of giants. But I've seen so many people now believe that if you don't have a mentor, you cannot really know the things that you're meant to know. And, and that's not true. Many of our mentors too. Some of them did not have mentors. It was true enough. Try and error. But what we have now in the knowledge economy is that these our mentors have distilled most of their knowledge into books, record, recordings, blog posts, articles. Many of these are online that you can buy, you can purchase. The good thing, too, is even on Twitter, you can follow them, you can see how they think, you can read their thoughts, you can bookmark them to read for later. And that's what I, I actually started doing at the beginning of my career. When I joined Andela, and I joined Andela in 2014, and one of the things that changed my life was actually just following my mentors on Twitter. They did not know that they were my mentors, but I was actively reading their books. I would go and buy the books that they've written. I would read their articles. I would like their tweets. Sometimes I would even engage with them. I even had what I call Twitter lists. So Twitter lists, you create a list, you put maybe Laravel developers, and you put all your mentors inside that list. So that by the time you just go to that column, you will be seeing all their materials and all their tweets and everything they talk about. And my knowledge, it literally just 10x, just by following them uh a few of them i emailed them but i know that they are very busy so uh, being respectful of their time no answer i did not take it personal because i just understand that they are busy but soaking myself from afar in all of their thoughts in all of their books in all of their materials made me made the mentorship easier so you did not have somebody that was now coming to meet me every time like have you done this no i was the one putting the target for myself and like looking at them oh this is what this person has done like okay maybe i can do the same so for the things that are really not clear I can reply them on Twitter just to ask questions or send them an email, like send them a cold email for the folks that responded to me. But for the ones that don't even respond, I do not even hold it against them because now that I'm even in the position to mentor people. Yes, you
1: understand how it is. I understand
0: that the time is very limited. So having to actively seek out, and one thing I've seen is that a lot of young people, for some, they are lucky enough to get people that they actively seek them out and they agree. But for many, for the majority, they don't see those people. So they start feeling left out. They start feeling that they are not succeeding in life because this person has a mentor and they don't. And that's really not true. There are so many things you can do with you. You can change your life just by looking at other people. Like, and I'm a Christian. So this thing takes me back to the Bible. Remember the time where the centurion, I don't know if you're a Christian, but the centurion went to meet Jesus and said, oh, he did not even go to meet well, Jesus. My, <laughs> no, I am I a Christian. <laughs> for this person to be healed. And they are like, oh, okay, maybe I'll bring him to him so that I can heal him. And he said, no. I don't even need to bring it to him. Just say the word. And, and I believe that he's going to be healed. Mm. And just say the word. White and words. from afar, this person was healed. That's mentorship from afar, man. You don't even have to lay your hands on the person. You can just study the person. Follow <laughs> the person. And soak yourself and you'll be good. So that's one of the views I hope.
1: Nicely put, Prosper. Very nice one. Okay. So we have a question from a previous guest who was on the pod. Uh, we normally ask people. And we're going to ask you as well to also ask a question to the person coming on the next episode. His question was... He wants to know what your thoughts are on the evolution of the Nigerian tech ecosystem. What are your thoughts? Any oh, think is a bubble? Is it going to crash? Is it just fintech, fintech? Everybody just raising money. What's your view on the evolution of the Nigerian tech ecosystem?
0: I think this is the beginning of greater things to come. I like to tell people that you have not seen anything. We are just literally scratching the, the surface of what is possible. So, when you look at companies like Andela, TeamApt, Interswitch, like all these companies that have existed several years ago, you discover that they played a role in the companies that we have, like, and the okay. right now. So, we also have up Africa, Google Developer Groups, Open Source Africa, and so many other communities that we have that have also played a role. Now, it is almost like seed and harvest time. There were times mm-hmm. when all these things were non-existent. We didn't really have like developers like working remotely and earning dollars. We didn't have a lot of startups that could raise money as easily. It was a pain to be a founder, like because you could not raise money. Many startups went down and all of that. But I want to believe that all those period is what you call the gestation period. You could not see the growth, but things were moving. All the actions that we took, all the communities, all the evangelism, all the startups, everything. All those things worked together for good for what we are having right now. So what we are having right now, when people say, oh, everybody's raising money, everybody's doing fintech, it's going to be a bubble. I laugh because I'm like, when you now actually see a 10x of what you have now, what are you going to call it? A 10x bubble? It is not a bubble. Because compare ourselves to markets like India. India, like you look at your population. Nigeria has tons of people. Africa too has that. And we are just getting to the stage where these people will be here, Four years ago, three years ago, and you're telling me it's a bubble, just say you're afraid of doing great things and I will understand. We'll remove you and bring in the people that are ready to do the work. This is just the beginning of great things to come. This year, you're going to have more companies raise a lot of money. You're going to have more community aligned events. You're going to have younger people join tech. You're going to have older people that thought they never had an option get into tech as well. In fact, right now, we have young people that instead of them having to spend four years in the walls of the university, from secondary school, they just get into tech. We have a lot of them now that they are already working as engineers, as, as designers, as marketers. So what they now do on the side is to enroll into like a Harvard school, sure. or enroll into Next Nexford Nextford is a startup that offers university like curriculums and studies. They do that on the side and they work on the side. And at the end of the day, you discover that it's a very much balanced knowledge than just spending your four years in university. I mean, let's look at the current state of education in this country. You don't even like it. <laughs> I don't. so imagine just subjecting children to do that for years and at the end of the day they come out with nothing meanwhile there's a balance of them still leveraging the tech community while still having a university education on the side that's like killing two bears with one stone so mm-hmm. again the future of the tech of africa is coming in the next three to five years it's it almost look as if the windows of everyone was opened because all the things that we are building right now in in 5 years will be way way greater than the way it is right now. So what you are going to have is you are going to have engineers, developers, employees, those ones to we grow up, probably leave the company, go and start their own companies, they become founders like that. So the, the bigger ones will mentor younger ones, the younger ones to we grow up and then it just become a pipeline so you have, you're just going to be generating a pipeline of tech-enabled people, a pipeline of startups, a pipeline of companies, a pipeline of collaboration. Now we are hearing s- stories of companies here in Nigeria buying companies in the UAE. This is something that would have never happened five years ago. And this is just the beginning, because in the next five years, you're going to have companies in Nigeria buy companies in the US, basically. You're going to have companies, I mean, you have Paystack and Flutterwave that already have employees scattered across the US, London, and all of that, that work for Flutterwave and, and Paystack. You're going to have more of that in Nigerian companies scattered across the world. Because now you can create a company from anywhere, you, you can be in Nigeria, but your HQ, I mean, you created a company in the US, it's, it's easier now. So you're going to have a lot of startups leverage that, so that at the end of the day, they can hire anywhere. So you have a tons of people working remotely, you have people building companies like Backdrop. So you're building it locally here, but you're building it for the world. And that's what Estonia did back in the day. In fact, that's what they're still doing. Estonia built Skype. They built so many startups just from their small country. And it significantly changed the way of life of Estonians and even just revenue from government. When you look at other sectors and you compare them to the tech sector, it almost feels like the tech sector is just like the one helping Nigeria right now. Because when you look at a lot of other sectors, we are not hearing as much great news as you want to. Things are just dilapidating, you know. Things are really bad. But with the tech sector, it's like... Tech sector is mm. on it. it's
1: just taking off mm. it's, it's
0: taking off it's like there's bad environment but these people are still taking off so this is just the beginning This will happen this year next year and in the next five years and we are going to see it
1: the future is very bright i think as you were just talking i just something just came to my mind maybe even life think about doing lesson teachers in the future you know you're talking about the education and the education system that could be something i guess there's also value i mean right now we
0: have companies like U lesson that's yeah. what you lesson does. like once you just subscribe on U lesson all your children have access to Waik curriculum, NECO curriculum, and all of those things. So the way that, that kind of integration will be with Eden is that Eden already, the primary unit that Eden takes care of is the home. So you can literally just say that everything that can be done in the home, Eden is literally going to provide it. Fantastic. right? We have started with Fantastic. the first three services, but every other thing that has to do with your home, you want your passport renewed. Eden will be able to handle it later. You want wow. your car service? then will be able to handle it. You've given birth to children now. You want your children to have some specialized type of homeschooling? Why won't then be able to do it? You
1: opened my eyes to how broad the potential of Eden. I think
0: know, it's is, is really limitless for the kind of Yes,
1: that it, it, can yes it is. Okay, so what's one? I mean, we often say disruption is interrelated, so what's one view or what's a question you would like to ask our next guest we don't know who our next guest is what would you like to hear from Mm. them
0: I think my question would be how many years would it take from now for Nigeria to be among the top 10 economies in the world like Mm. if you were to look at the current system now and start to change the system so change the system from like politicians to building an accountability system instead of just having individuals, hey, uh, please do this for me. Oh, I know this person. You build an institution that is stronger than even the biggest individuals. If you start to change that system gradually, because I like to tell people, Nigeria's problems are not the obvious problems. They are wicked problems. It's not because Mm -hmm. we don't have technology. It's not because we don't have people that cannot do it. They are just wicked problems. Wickedness abounds. That's why Nigeria is the way it is. If you want to change that system gradually, replace the old system of just doing things tone by tone or favoritism and to start to tackle nigeria's problems how long will it take from now for nigeria to become a top ten economy in the world that's, that's, that's a good question that'll be my question for the next guest <laughs> that's a
1: great question thank you so much for your time prosper a tech bro who is trying to take us back to the days of the garden of Eden, and um, (laughs) we know that you're going to be successful because we can fool your passion from here honestly so thanks a lot for your time this brings us to the end of our podcast and uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with you thank you and enjoy the rest of your day
0: thank you thank you for everything thank you for the questions really appreciate it I really had a great time too thank you